Hey there, this is Brandon. For those of you who don't know, I'm the current editor of the podcast. And unfortunately, this episode we had to record in a different location than what we normally would have. So there's a lot of unaccounted for background noise, particularly a bit of clicking and some creaking that I wasn't quite able to edit out. Unfortunately, I'm still rather new to this whole process, and it's a bit of a learning curve for me. So we're still working on figuring out how our setup should be and what kind of processes we need to go through to make sure that our audio comes out as best as possible. So what you can expect is the more episodes we wind up getting through, the less of these little audio hiccups we'll be having as we kind of figure out how we're supposed to be doing this. With that said, uh, let's get back to the episode, and thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Jake. I'm Travis. And I'm Brandon. And welcome to the Cover Ranger Radio. We are on the final podcast for the main story of Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Yeah, we are going to be covering up through the Aether Foundation and up to the Elite Four. Sorry about not getting an episode out recently. I've been pretty busy with work and the holiday season. So last time, I'm pretty sure we left off with battling the wonderful Catman Nanu and then setting off for the Aether Foundation. There are too many changes uh, until you get to the very end of the Aether Foundation when um, the Ultra Recon Squad shows up um, and Gladian and Lusamine have a pretty intense conversation uh, where Gladian's basically like, hey, Lusamine, uh, don't jump in the spooky space hole just because Dad did it and you want to like get some sort of like vengeance for Dad. And she's like, shut up, son. You're an idiot. Come with me, Guzma. And he's like, I and they jump in the spooky space hole, and then everybody's just kind of like, "Well, that was different." Okay. Yeah. Which definitely differs from the last game where Lucimine was acting the way she did in some weird like obsession with the Ultra Beast, rather than like explicitly seeking inquiries about to her missing husband. Yeah. Um. But it makes Lucimine less of an evil character and just kind of more of a one-track mind character in this. Yeah, which I don't know if I necessarily like. I'm not as big a fan of that. Like, I don't like the change in Lucimine's character, but, like, going back to, I'm pretty sure I mentioned in one of the earlier podcasts, they had heard a lot of people who make Pokemon-related content on the internet saying they did not like uh, Guzma's, like, change of motivation, which, I mean... We're up to the end of the game. I do not see a single change in motivation. He still wants to just be recognized by Lusamine as a strong trainer. Lusamine's motivations have changed, but Guzma's haven't. So I don't know what that was about. But yeah, just to confirm, Guzma's still awesome. So there's that. Yeah, um, get the actual name of. Uh, Gladian and Lily's father, which is Moan. That was actually in the last game. It was? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. You talk to him on Isla Plenty, and he's got a little thing that says Moan, dot dot, says things. Yeah. Known but, his name since Sun and Moon, yeah. No, we, but didn't we didn't know that he was the father. We've known since Sun and Moon! Have we? Yes, we did. How? Come on, dog. When does it, like, so it just says that, it, like, that their dad's name is Moan? Um, yeah. Lucimine, it says in, uh, Sun and Moon in the original, um, uh, Ultra Space Research Laboratory, that a lot of the research comes from Lucimine's husband, who is no longer with them, um, that it was like Dr. Moan or something like that, M-O-H-N. Um, I don't know if I'm actually pronouncing that right, to be fair. And like it's that's all in there, and then they okay. mentioned that their dad got sucked into Ultra Space, and that's where her obsession came from in the last game. And, so, and then the guy's name is Moan. So everybody's just kind of like, well, we assume this, I guess. So there was never explicitly said, this guy who's on an island and has the same name as their father and doesn't have his memories is their father but and has their character beside their father. No. I guess this game that. was just more upfront about it. Yeah, then. right. It's right. like, I don't, I, I generally do. don't talk to like textbooks and stuff. Yeah. I, I talk to everything. I must explore the whole world. After like the events of Aether Foundation, you kind of just head on out to Pony Island. Yeah. Um, you get a ride from. Do you get a ride from Wick, or just like does she loan you the boat? I'm pretty sure Gladian. Oh, it's on the Gladian boat. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure Gladian okay. drives you there. She just sees you off. Speeder. Yeah, he sees you off because then I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, he has like a brief aside with Lily where he's like, "Hey, I'm sorry for not being around more," and like jumping ship when Mom went nuts about the Ultra Space. 
and there's like a kind of like, it's okay, brother, I will handle this. And then you as the player character are like, no, you won't, really. I will handle this. You will stand there and smile um, and have character development. No, I'm pretty sure I it's the player character who's going to stand there and smile. Yeah. Yeah, blankly into the space, staring at like a wall. Admittedly, I kind of am a little bummed out that Lily didn't get more character development so far in the game. Like, I was really hoping that they would kind of, like, shape her story a little different, like her narrative, in a sense. Not much change from the first game. No. So you show up on the, like, the docks at Pony Island, the Seafolk Village, and it's pretty much the same, except for you find Mina really early on, and she's standing up on top of one of the ships. Uh, the Whale Lord ship, I want to say? Maybe. That, that one's I, the I diner. Whichever what, one the diner is. Yeah, so, so she's all like yo-ho-ho in a bottle of rum. Was standing on top of the boat. Uh, which was what the King of Pirates, or whatever his name is. that King of the Sea Folk. Yeah, whatever. King of Pirates. So the King of Pirates who was standing on top of there earlier, she's doing the same thing as him, and she's like even doing like the laughing, like, ho-ho-ho thing, and it's very... I feel like that's one of those situations where it's funny... Not because it's happening, but because you expected it to be a different thing, and I feel like they do that a lot in this game. Like, they play on the idea that you have already played Sonic. Mm-hmm. So, just wanted to mention that in there. Uh, Mantine Surfing exists on Pony Island. Mantine Surfing's a thing? Who does that? I do. Oh, no. Um, so, to keep you updated on the exploits, I hated this one. I hated it so much. Um, it took me a long time to get the high score. Does that mean you got the Serving Pikachu? Yeah. Hey, Lurch got the Serving Pikachu. and We all know I'm not getting any Serving Pikachus. Uh, I'm getting the Serving Pikachu. Yeah, so, yeah. like, the problem with this one is, I honestly, I just feel like, so it's a very long track. Um, the, like, obstacles are, it's, like, exponentially grew, grew from the last couple. Like, I'm sure if you plot it out, it almost represents something exponential with how fast it grows between, like, the three islands. After the first. And I could barely do the first one, so I'm probably gonna not do any of the other ones. Also, I just hated it. I still do. Yeah, um, so because it takes so long now, too, like, if you hit, like, three or four obstacles, you're basically done. And, like, because you can't just, like, click start, restart, run or something, it really just breaks your spirit if you're bad at it, it, like I am. On. Yeah, like, I'm bad at it, but I'm persistent. So... I, you want like I wound up finding figuring out like, the rhythm to really get going at it. Yeah, and like the then I was like trying to soft reset. I'm like, oh boy, I'm like a cool VGC surfing Raichu. Boy, howdy! And then I realized surf hits my own team members, and I just took the next one I could get. Yeah, it comes with a gold bottle cap, which is nice. Uh, so then you're sent on your way to uh, go find Hapu, uh, who is yet to be a Kahuna. But spoiler alert. Will be, um, just like in the previous game. And on your way to go do that, you get stopped by the best, the best wall you could ever find. A wall of squats. A squatting wall of grunts. Wasn't the squatting wall of grunts in the first game? Too? Yes, I'm not, that doesn't matter. It's still here and it's important because, uh, uh Plumeria is there. And they have the same dialogue where she explains to you, like, for the second time, the that Lusamine is the only adult who ever uh, actually gave a crap about Guzma and like told him he wasn't a total piece of garbage. And it's like, wow, that's still depressing. And then you feel you feel bad for Guzma because he's a good boy. Classic Guzma. Classic Guzma. Classic. Classic poor abused Guzma. Yeah, but and I'm super happy about this. Um, Maria gives you uh, Poisonium Z. I think it's Poisonium Z. Yep. Um, which I then use to basically just win the rest of the game. So the whole Hapu thing ends up happening more or less the same way. Yep. Knock, yep. knock, knock. Hey, Tapu Finny, can I be the Kahuna? Tapu Finny says, Yeah. yeah. So cool. And then Hapu's like, Dope. And then you gotta go to the uh, Alter the, or the, the Flute Place. Uh, Executor Island. Yeah, you have to go find the Flute Hut. Yeah, so... It's um, Flute Hut. <laughs> yeah. 
like uh, for whatever reason, that just like reminds me of um, how Lieutenant Surge says Ten Hut. Lieutenant Hut. That's very different. Lieutenant Hut. <laughs> that's it is, but yeah, association. So there were some small changes on Executor Island. Uh, turns out the Executor. I don't know if I call them small changes. Like it's an entire event. I mean, yeah, but Pester's not exactly a big Pokemon. I think he's like four feet tall. He got big old chompers. For a bug, he's pretty large. Yeah, but compared to the Executor, he's pretty small. They're attacking for Executor. Yeah, I know. They're giving him a hard time. Like I was saying, they've got a really bad pincer in It's like some lion and thorn stuff. Thorn is too small for the lion to get rid of. And so you I'm going to call stuff. you out as looking up how to find a prism scale in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon right now while we're recording the podcast so you can get a god dang Milotic. That's not quite right, actually. Uh-huh. I was checking to see if I could find whether it was still on Executor Island in this game. Was it on Executor notice. Yeah, in the last one. I thought it was uh, post-game. No, you could get two of them. One post-game and one on Executor Island. Also, so I'm looking it up on Bulbapedia. In Mal- Mal- yeah, so I'm checking out the feature. I, I don't know if I missed it or... We love you, Jill. You're a good guy. Ultrasound, Ultrasound. all nice and updated for us. Like yeah, I was right. It's not on Executor Island this time. Oh, where is it? Like, I, 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 Where's that? I'm pretty sure it's one of the surf spots. Is it? Maybe. Yeah, that's why I was looking it up. Because I, I remember looking around the island and not finding it. Which is a bit of a bummer, because that's where I was hoping to try and get a Milotic, but... Unfortunate. Yeah. I done flubbed that fish chance. So anyways, after the uh, after you save the Executor, right? Yep. From uh, the Pincers, they elevator you on up to the flute, and you get the flute. And then uh, you go to the Alt of the Moon. And when you get there, uh, everything looks like it's going to be just fine. You're going to get to do the, the whole... The whole resuscitation thing. Well, I'd like to take a quick stop before that. You do have to go through the vast Pony Canyon. Do you want to talk about that right now? I guess right now is probably the best time. Yeah, you go through the vast Pony Canyon, and in there um, is a character that people have been really excited about. So since, uh, or some people I've seen at least talking about it. So since Gen 5, I believe, uh, we've been getting like hikers that reference the next, or not hikers, rather, um, backpackers that reference the next generation. And in Gen 5, we had a backpacker that spoke French in Gen 6. We had a backpacker who gave you the mysterious totem thing, referencing Gen 7. And then uh, in this generation, we have a hiker who tells backpacker. you... Backpacker. Thank you, backpacker, um, who says something along the lines of, uh, kids in Alola sure are weird, letting you know immediately she's a foreigner. And then secondarily, like after battling her, she says, hey, when you're done here, go explore the rest of the world. Kind of leading people to believe, like, hey, this is a character who's, like, hinting towards the next region. And her name is Purdy, um, which is short for Perdita, which is, boy, I don't remember exactly the whole line of logic here. But essentially, it leads to the... Italian? Yeah, it leads to um, Italy uh, as being the referenced uh, next generation, which hypothetically would be pretty cool because it lets you connect that to Kalos. So you have like a post game where you can go back to Kalos hypothetically, assuming that they keep the like France, Italy. Assuming the process. Pokemon European Union doesn't doesn't band. Well, yeah, or exists, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no real good for them. Maybe that's maybe it already Brexited. Yeah. Um. What was I going to say now? It reminded me of something. Oh, uh, which is interesting because we have a lot of um, trains that you can't use in Kalos. Um, oh, yeah, that, that, like, definitely that would all be head south. And Italy is south of France. Hmm. Um, I just actually put that together right now. So, like, they're like, this this train heads south. And it's like, okay. Well, where does it? it go? And they're like, no, you can't. Where does it go, you ask? Well, it goes south. Um, so we could see another game along the lines of how gold and silver were, where you've got a full region, and then post-game in an older region again. That'd be cool. Especially because Kalos is probably the least developed of all the regions to date. Yeah. Um, so, it, just off the like off chance that it is Italy, we do have the possibility for Venice, which was pointed out to me, as I'm a big fan of water. And I am not that big fan of streets. 
but I do like water streets. Well, I mean, you can't get hit by a car in Venice. You can. I mean, you can it's just like, very difficult. It's probably difficult. Like somebody just drops a Mini Cooper on you from the sky. Yeah. I can't imagine Italy drives anything except for Mini Coopers, by the way. It's kind of racist, but yeah. probably I don't accurate. think it's racist. <laughs> I think it's stereotypical, maybe, but I'm pretty sure that's due to film and cinema. That's the same thing. To film telling me, you know, like, this, the, the, the Italians only drive the small cars. Film is more culture than cinema. I don't know if I agree with that. I feel like cinema is actually probably a more cultured way to say that. Uh, in the comments below, <laughs> uh, argue over this for us. You know, if they're listening to this on like iTunes, there's not going to be comments below, right? Yeah, absolutely. I keep forgetting that we don't just do this on YouTube. But the idea of the Venice um, uh, city seems really cool to me because it kind of reminds me of Pokemon Heroes. Is yep. it Pokemon Heroes with the Latias and Latios movie, which like if they could either just directly lift that city, which I'd be totally okay with, or, like, reference that city by making there be, like, a natural history museum there that has, like, the fossil restoration center. Like, that'd be pretty cool. Um, and even do, like, a Latios, Latios event kind of thing. Like, even if it's not in the game, like, do that as a like, mystery gift type deal, like we used to do in Gen 4. Yeah. That was definitely a thing. I'm pretty sure they ended with Gen 4. No, Gen 5 did it, too, with the Victini event. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I guess uh, we have the if you like bring Volcanion to the uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire uh, TV studio, they reference uh, Brandon from the. Did you guys never do this? No. You both look at me like an insane. I never got a oh, Volcanion. I never got a Volcanion. You seem to forget that you're the only one of us who has a living Dex. Yeah. I am. But also, like, I thought you guys got the event. No. No. Uh, no. I missed the cutoff. Likewise. By, like, two days. <laughs> They'll probably throw it around again within the next two years. But yeah, I know Mega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Um, if you bring Volcanion to the um, TV station. Thank you, Travis. Uh, if you bring it to the TV station, they'll, like, play a like clip of a documentary that Brandon, the guy from the uh, Battle Frontier, uh, was like exploring and looking for new legendaries, which seems to be like his shtick, because he's got all the Reggies, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, and I'm pretty sure in the anime he had like an Articuno. I don't know. I didn't watch too carefully during that era, um, but but now we can go back because hey, kids, did you know Disney bought the rights to all of the old Pokemon? Um, uh, Shows. episodes and are now able to stream it on uh, some Disney website or another. I don't know which one. Look it up. Disney owns everything. They may be on everything. They own 40% of everything. They may be on 40% of everything. I mean, even if they only get part of the models. This is a real deep cut here, guys, so sorry about this. Just just bear with us. But, like, even if even if Disney the only The purchase gets, is being challenged in court. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, even if they get that, it'll still only be 40% of stuff, but jeez, they still own a lot, even if they don't get that. Because it's only part of the Marvel Cinema Universe, you know? Like, they're only getting, like, half of all Marvel characters. And, like, while it's a lot, they still already own a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Back to Pokemon now, kids. So these two are all hyped up about Venice, I'm more excited about Sicily, because Sicily means the mobsters, which means... Well, see, okay, okay, I'm sorry. Me assuming Mini Coopers was racist, but you being like, Sicily is the mafia, and I, well, that's not right. Come on, Travis. You know what they say, never challenge a Sicilian when death is on the line. Is that from something? That's from Princess Bride. Ah, I have still never seen that movie. That's f***ed up. <laughs> no, you see, I'm going from Godfather. In. <laughs> I'm going from God, like the Lord of the Godfather movies, where you could not be a made man in the mafias of those movies unless you were from Sicily. Sure. And I mean, like, it'd be cool to find out that that's, like, Gio- where Giovanni's That's from. where I'm getting at. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. okay. Giovanni's family okay, that's in cool. I like that. Sicily. I know in um the... In Pokemon Sicily. Yes, in in Pokemon Sicily. Um, no, but I know in 
they were only ra- like essentially radio plays that they did in Japan. Um, Giovanni's mom is actually the person who started Team Rocket, and her name was Madam Boss. That's what all they refer to her. So is Giovanni's name Giovanni Boss? I think Madam Boss is just kind of like how they call Guzma, like, your boy. It's okay. like a title. Please save our boy. I'd like his full name to really be Boss Giovanni. <laughs> his first name is Boss, last name Like Don Giovanni. Giovanni. That's a, uh, a famous thing. Wow, I couldn't remember the word I was looking for there. But yeah, no, um... Other than that, other really cool ideas for an Italian-based Pokemon region. Uh, Pokemon Pope. Just the the Pokemon Vatican. The I Church think, of Arceus. I, I was going to say, I think that'd be a really kind of cool thing to do. Just have like an Arceus event. Like, you uh, have to, imagine like, how crazy that hat would oh, be. Oh, I would love to go to Pokemon Rome. Oh my god. A literal Pokemon Coliseum. Exactly. That's awesome. The Elite Four in a Coliseum? Yeah. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. Oh, um, man, they could release the lion. Li- it would be really cool, honest. I was trying to remember what the foot Pyroar. They could, they could release, release the, the Pyroar. Pyroar. Yeah. Or Incineroar, because it's like a tiger man. Oh, my God, and he's also a wrestler. <gasps> Gladiator Incineroar, like, fighting a Pyroar. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> and then like, they leave four guys up in there and just the thumb up, thumb down. And then they what? just execute someone. <laughs> I feel like you'd have to have, like, a known fire-type user. Blaine. You just have Blaine, like, sitting there in a toga with, like, his, his stupid sunglasses. Like, because they're two fire-types, too. So it'd be, like, you know, the thumb. I realize I'm doing the thumb thing, and obviously this isn't a video. So there's that. But just imagine Blaine. From, from good old Kanto, Cinnabar Island, and then later Seafoam Island, if you remember the events of Pokemon Gen 2. Uh, doing the, the thumb thing, it's beautiful. Um, basically, I mean, we've already... Pretty much if Pokemon does this now, we win, right? Like, Yeah, I don't see a, a feasible way that this could go wrong at all. No. This is just too cool. real combat in yeah. Pokemon, just like, fight to the death! Mm-hmm. Did you know that Magikarp can't use any TMs? Is this yes, is this a yes or no question? Uh, this is all poorly worded, but I'm assuming yes. You got it. You don't have to battle the trainer. Go to the next one, and then I battle the trainer anyways. And yeah, and it's going to be really good because if it is a Colosseum and we are dealing with Sicilians, we do have the Princess Bride quote, which means that it will be difficult and hopefully post-game material. <laughs> and also, we can have a Mario cameo. Yeah. No. no yeah. You no. can be like, wahoo! And you can step on, you can like jump on your, your squirtle and it'll die. I was thinking you're <laughs> Well, no, no, no. What I'm thinking is you just do battle against. A trainer named Mario? Like a plumber? Yeah, you, get, you do battle sure against an plumbers, race. Mario, and Luigi, and they've got a couple of prelims and they fight against you with them. That'd be a cool cameo. Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, you'd have. Well, I don't think you'd do prelim. I think you'd have one have a shroomish and one have a shiny shroomish because shiny shroomish is like a reddish color, like a reddish orange color, something. But yeah, the possibility is a there. prelim and a shinta. You cannot pronounce shinotic. <laughs> you pronounce it different each time, and it sounds awful every time. I like more morellos. 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 Is that how it's supposed to be now? It's spelled morel, like the mushroom, and yeah. then with an extra U-L. I thought it was more lol. Yeah, it, it likely is a reference to lol being to lull to sleep. Yeah. But it's also based off of the morel. So mushrooms, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I just kind of love, like, Japan's obsession with mushrooms, and, like, all the mushroom Pokemon are just good designs, like Parasect, Morlol, Amoongus... Brello. I love Brello. You kind of gave me a look like you're not going to forget Brello, Mario. No, no, I'm not going to forget Brello. Um, I think one of my favorite, like, I don't really like a whole lot of those Pokemon, like, alternate uh, species or whatever isms where they're like, this is a variant on what the Pokemon would look like in real life. But, like, I've seen a couple of them where it's, like, different forms of mushrooms for Brello, like Death Cat mushrooms and, like, Glowing Blue mushrooms, and it all looks pretty, pretty cool. We did a real hard. Uh, just cut into possible. Yeah, we got really into that, so maybe we'll do a, a, a good old-fashioned episode, or a big episode later or something. I'm sure one of our later episodes will discuss places we'd like to see the Pokemon franchise go. For sure. But uh, let's take a hard right back into what actually exists. Oh boy, Ultra Space. 
surfing on your cat or bat is terrible, and I hate it. It's also not your cat or bat. You're borrowing it. Oh, that's right. You can change it back after you. Yeah. You do it. Um, and I did because. So before you went in, did, who here set the controls to the joystick? I did because I knew about it because I saw a complaint from a lot of people who were pre-reviewing um, the game saying, this is terrible, and then they, they corrected themselves afterwards. Like, oh, it's actually not that bad because you changed the joystick. You guys didn't. Also, you guys cut me off earlier because of there being more stuff to do with Executor Island and stuff like that, but before you go into Ultra Space, Guzma falls out of Ultra Space. Boom. He's basically dead. He's not. Um, but he's like... Lands on up. his face. Yeah. Lands on his face. Um, and then Lusamine lands on top of him, which he's like, run, that thing's a monster. And then Krozma pops out and is like, ta-da, I am the Crystal Man. Um, and uh, your newly summoned bat friend, or cat friend if you're playing the other game, is like, yo, let's fight. And then they just kind of do some like Dragon Ball Z, like, yeah. stuff. Um, and then Krozma just like pins the bat to the ground and then absorbs him. He drinks him like Cell. He basically does the Cell thing. Yes. This is very Dragon Ball Z. This is Pokeball Z. Yeah. See, Pokemon X and Y, this is our Z version then. Oh, Oh, there you go. No, it's not. Um, There's there's barely anything having to do with Zygarde in this game. Um, But yeah, so like, Necrozma absorbs him and then is like, back to the future space. And then he zips off. And then you climb on the other, the Ultra Recon squads. Yeah. Uh, so, if you had to suffer through with motion controls, we have uh, sympathy for you. They do. I don't. I wasn't going to do that. It is terrible. It is awkward. It's pretty bad. It You're swinging work. your system around. Like, axiom. Whoosh, whoosh. It's, it's really unresponsive. Whoosh, whoosh. It's really unresponsive. It feels awkward. Like, if it was on the Switch, it might work better. Cause it's I don't even think so. I like the motion control. No, yeah. Switch. I would say with the mo- like. Just thinking back to... I literally think the way they programmed it was just sloppy. Oh, yeah, that's probably. That's fair. Well, I mean, this is the first time Pokemon's really done anything like that since the Pikachu surfing minigame in yellow version, to be fair. Like, Pokemon usually doesn't do, like, any coordination-based things. So, this was newer for that group of people, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, it, but... um, It was trash. If you need to know how to switch it, you can go to the uh, Aether Foundation like building, and it's not actually because remember we had this come kind of, like you. Oh, it's the interdimensional it. research squad. Nope, not there. Either. Nope, you got to go to the Game Freak, HQ. Freak HQ and talk the to the guy oh, who's dressed as an Aether Foundation member. Yep, in the bottom. Okay, corner. well it's in the same building as one. Of yes. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's he's in a really bad split pace too. Where if you just walk like how you naturally walk to avoid obstacles, he won't actually appear on your screen. Yeah, you have to go on the bottom left. You have to like go back and around a table to even see him. And then he tells you the classified information that there's actually two control systems for Ultra Space. It's classified. We should have probably just told you this from the get go, so you didn't get frustrated. But it's classified. Yeah. So the basic mechanics of going through Ultra Space, so you have to hit these gold rings, which will provide you a set amount of, like, inertia or speed or, like, get you faster. You hit these blue static balls. They'll give you the get-fast stuff. Yeah, you'll get... you got to Sonic the Hedgehog through those ranks. You'll flip the switch on your NOS tank, and then your cat will go faster. Um, You've got to play Superman 64, but not horrible. So, Uh, after you kind of navigate through, there's a couple different color wormholes and different, like, patterns around them. You have to try and get to the white one eventually. Um, which will get you to Ultra Megapolis. I assume that this is also a little hard for like people who are colorblind. Now that I think about it, yeah. The only person we know who's like actually colorblind hasn't gotten this far in the game even remotely. So we'll ask him when he gets to that point, and then report back to you guys. We probably won't remember to actually report back to you guys, but I'll lie to you right now and tell you that we'll report back to you guys. Yeah. Um. So if you wind up like hitting too many of these, like somehow electrified balls of something in space, you'll wind up losing your momentum and you'll just drift to the nearest wormhole after a little while. Um, so you have to kind of maintain a high speed, avoid the blue, and go wherever you need to go. Do we actually know what Ultra Space actually is? Like, it's different dimensions, correct? It's uh, Ultra Space. Yeah, but like... Super Space. Yeah. 
So it's not space, space. It's dimension. Like you're dimension hopping. Kind of. That's like the implication. Yeah. Okay. I'm just wondering because in a lot of Pokemon stuff, there is a lot of like talk about Pokemon that travel through different dimensions. Like specifically, Haunter was one of the ones I remember as a kid hearing about a lot that Haunter travels through different dimensions. So it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, when you finally manage to find the White Wormhole, you pop out and you're in Megapolis. And you meet the opposite games, Recon Squad members. Um, which I've heard from a lot of people that Sun, Ultra Sun has the better uh, pair of them. Like they're more lovable and have more personality. Um, which I sure hope for the people who play that game because while Travis still adores them, I. Thumb, they can't see the thumbs up and the smile, Travis. <laughs> but while while Travis still adores them, I just did not care for the Ultra Recon squad all the way through this. Like they just did not matter to me. Like they weren't bad. Just I they they could have been there. They couldn't have been there, and it wouldn't have been any different. Oh, I loved them. I thought they were adorable. That's all. Uh, we do get to fight Big Bad Necrozma once we get there. How did that go- battle go for you guys? Uh, it had a super effective hit for everything on my team. Mm. It had a super effective hit for everything on my team. You know what's funny about that? Is, uh, so like, if you kids, if anybody in this world has ever heard of a Pokemon by the name of Alolan Monk, uh, you'll know that Alolan Monk is basically the best thing uh, since sliced bread. And, um, something was messed up in the UI because it did not even try to use a neutral damage attack against me. Necrozma just ch- kept trying to use Psychic Moves against my Dark-type Monk. And uh, so I uh, I hit Crunch, and then I hit Crunch again, and a one. Uh, the way I managed winning it was uh, I sent out Toxapex to use Toxic. It lived with, like, three HP off the first attack. And I just, Which like, protect. And then I just, like, the rest of my Pokemon just stalled it out, and it died. I taught Mimikyu Will-O-Wisp and waited. <laughs> Nice. High five for cheesing it. That's so painful. God. (laughs) I two-shot it, and I felt so underwhelmed. I'm like, this is the... No, it was like one-hitting everything. Yeah. okay. Because, like, I remember everybody talking on the... uh, No, I think, like, you just got lucky. Oh, good. Well, I'm happy about it. Did you crit with one of those crunches, or did they each just do 50%? Or did you get the first one, and it got the defense drop? It got the defense drop on the first one. Muck is the best, guys. Holy crap. Muck is awesome. I love him. He did nothing but make me win. Like, oh, also, uh, I threw him the Dark EMZ and used that for the first crunch. Or for the second crunch. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, after you, uh, beat Necrozma, he runs away. I think he spits out Nebby first. I think he flies through Ultra Space first and then spits out Nebby at the altar. Ah. Yeah, uh, at that point you have the option to fly using, uh, Nebby instead of the other games. No, you're still using the, uh... No, you can can switch. No, you're still borrowing the Ultra Recon Squad's Legendary, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Like, the girl says, oh yeah, you can use our Lunala if you'd like instead of our Slegalio. Really? Is that what it is? Let me check since I am literally right there. I, uh, might as well talk about a little bit about the next bit since this is where I've been doing stuff for the past, like, two weeks. Yeah, you can pick up Poiple now. Um, so I've been self-resetting for a shiny Poiple. Uh, to, I guess, phrase it better, I've been trying to, um, yeah, I've been trying to get a Poiple that isn't. Because it looks really cool when it's all white. And gold and stuff, yeah. I don't, I'm not as big a fan of, uh, shiny, uh, oh god. Naganadel? Naganadel. Um, like, it's not bad looking. But, like, I don't know, I think I like the purple better on it. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, and I'll look into it later. I'm our resident biologist, and I should know this, but all the, largely, as far as I'm aware, every single one of the Ultra Beasts are based off of an invasive species in Hawaii. Um, and I want to say they're some type of fruit wasp that they're referencing, but I will look into it and give you extra something on that. Like, um, if I remember correctly... Uh, for example, uh, mosquitoes are an invasive species that don't normally exist on Hawaii, and that's like the deal with uh, Buzzwool. Thank you, Buzzwool. Cockroaches uh, are Faramosa. Cockroaches are Faramosa. Moon jellyfish are jellyfish. 
Or Space Lily. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, Nihiligo. But yeah, so I'll figure out what, what, uh, what their deal is. Bamboo, I think, uh, is actually also an invasive species. Like, it grows like a weed there. Bamboo grows so fast. It does. Um, so what's Thack Attacker? Buildings. I was going to say people, yeah. That was my joke. And um, I don't I don't think that's a joke. I think that's actually what it is. No, I do too. Oh, man. And then UV gonna, versus clowns. I was going to say white people. <laughs> no, there's just too many clowns. I, too many clowns. I don't, Especially like right when it came out. <laughs> I appreciate God, that you I also didn't know so what its much. name was. Last <laughs> Cephalon. You be burst. You be burst. Blast Cephalon. Burst boy. As in blasting. It is their Lunala and their Sergalio I just checked. And then you leave. And like then you, you leave. You click a text box, and then you're back on the altar of the moon. Poor son. God dang. Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire started doing that, and I can't lie to you, I love it. I don't want to walk all the way back. Don't make me walk all the way back. Let me press a button and go back so I can continue with the actual part of the game that isn't backtracking. So you know how you make me want to stop playing a game? Make me backtrack 30 times. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple, like a cutscene once you get back, kind of explaining what's going on with everyone, what they're doing. Um, Everybody goes their separate ways. And then you kind of just head back and you can start Nina's trial, mm-hmm. um, which starts off like you battle her in her home, like next to all her art supplies and stuff. Um, how the battle goes, like it. Wait, do you battle her? You battle her first, right? Yes. And then eventually, after that, you battle the totem Pokemon? Yes. So I can just describe this entire, like, sequence of every single Pokemon, or every single uh, player who I battled. Alolan Muck, Alolan Muck, Alolan Muck, Alolan Muck, Alolan Muck. I just killed everything with Alolan Muck. Toxapex is kind of the same for me. Just less innate killing and (laughs) more cheese. Oh, man. I had Gengar kill everything. That's good. Yeah, see? There's a poison type. Um, Oh, well. So, yeah, just some fairy Pokemon. Uh, Beat them up. You have the totem fight with a totem Rabambe? No, 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 no. That's after, that's after you get the full flower. Oh, okay. So after you beat Mina, she gives you a flower petal, and she's like, complete the flower petal. Oh, yep, that makes sense. Um, go, go talk to Ilma. Here's a flower petal. And beat Ilma. He gives you a flower petal. Then you go ahead, and you find Lana and Mallow hanging out. Sniffing mushrooms in the forest, which I mean, that's totally not a drug reference Pokemon. Seems a little, a little bit much, but hey, who cares? Yeah, and then uh, you fight Lana. Lana. You fight Lana. After that, you Lana go and to Lana both give you their petals, and then you yeah. go to hit up Kiawe. He's not there, but you know who is. Our boy well, Hiker Dave. He, first, he asked if you remember him, and you have a couple options. Do you remember what they are? Uh, I believe they are the suspicious hiker. I don't remember the second option, but I know the third option was the, the best, best hiker. hiker. Yeah, which is obviously the correct choice. Um, do any of us know what happens if you pick a different choice? No. Why would you? Well, you don't pick a different choice. There is really there's three choices. They're all false. All right. The only real choice is he's the best hiker. I'll get back to this on next week when I buy the other game and play through it. You're going to play through the entire game in one week? Yeah. You couldn't even get through the last island in four! Yeah, did you know <laughs> everything one-shots and all ghost team in this game? Excuses. Valid excuses. So anyway, you you wind up like uh, chatting with him a little bit, then Kiawe shows up, uh, you fight Kiawe, then Hiker Dave gets so riled up, he jumps in. And then you fight Hiker Dave, and you're like, ah, sorry, I just had to bust a move. And, Yahweh um, tries to, to pass the torch on to Hiker Dave to become the new trial captain, and no. Hiker Dave's like, no. Hiker Dave just has too much music and a soul for that stuff. He just wants to dance. He just wants to dance. It reminds me of the old uh, Pikachu short, Just Wanna Dance, with, like, from the Hoenn region era, where it's like Meowth, and he's got the weird dance baton, and there's the Wizmer. Don't remember that. Oh, man, I'll have to show it to someone. Stupid stuff. Uh, I think it's off the Jirachi movie. Hmm. I got that DVD around somewhere. Yeah, so we're doing later. After you do that, you would face... Uh, you're so... Sophocles. Saw, do you even fight Sophocles? No. no. He's just like, yo, my uncle just left. I'm, I'm sad. sad. Now. Here, have my pedal. Alright, that, that sounds about right. And then you face, um, Little Ghost Girl. Nope. No? Nah. Well, you're supposed to face Little Ghost Girl. Yeah. And then you find... But she's busy. And you and find out that Nanu was at the Aether house teaching the kids there how to do the Dark Ten EMZ dance. It was pretty good. 
He's the best. He's trying to create an army of Meowth users. And then he's just like, eh, there you go, kids. You keep practicing that, and someday you'll be able to use Dartinium Z, too. And they're like, yeah, we'll use this to protect the Aether House when is not here. And then Nanda's like, oh, hey, look, it's you. I guess we're going to fight now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so you fight him, and you wind up getting all the pedals from talking to everyone. Uh, you like kind of head your way back, and you start your fight with the totem Pokemon, the biggest Ribombe you ever done seen. So about the size of a Pikachu. A little bigger than a Pikachu. Yeah. Um. So how'd the fight go for y'all? I used Rock Slide twice. Me, I had Tyranitar. I used Stone Edge once. Uh, I set Rabombe. killed it before it was even able to summon something? Yeah. Dang. Uh, I set Rabombe and Pelipper on fire. Yeah. Seems, so it seems <laughs> like it was a little disappointing for at least us compared to everything else we've gone through in the game. It was very weak. <laughs> but it's a Rabombe, so like... It, it no did thing. seem weird that they chose such, like, a... In a vacuum, Rabomba is just a very weak Pokemon. It's got a lot of cool status moves. If you threw Shinnok, it's just like if they had done Shinnok. Oh boy, howdy, that would have been like with because they gave uh, Rabomba like a, a just mess of like boosts right off the bat too. Like I think it was like a full two, like a full two to everything. Yeah, they have done that everything. to uh, Shinnok. This actually reminds me of something we missed in our prior discussion. Uh, there's no Mom Beast. This game? Yeah, there's no Mother Beast uh, with Lucimine because she doesn't go to get absorbed by the... And, it, yeah, instead you just fight her before, like, during the Aether Foundation. Yeah. And in the last game, like, this is just... That was a very tough fight for me. Yeah, in this game it wasn't. Yeah, because, like, everything on our team got, like, the double stat boost. Yeah. It was just rough, but this time it was just... Uh, like, killer half our team is, like, fairy Pokemon, too. So oh, it just felt like, much. yeah, it just felt, no, like, the thing is, it felt like a weird, worse, like, why would you have, like, the equivalent of two fairy captains? Okay, I guess I can see that. Yeah, it just felt weird. Like how Guzma is kind of an unofficial bunk captain. Yeah. But that's what that entire bit feels like, at least. Yeah, so it, it, it just seemed a little weird. Also, it's just really disappointing, actually. Like, that was such a cool moment to experience yeah. in the first game. That it was a bit of a shame that they didn't have it in here, but um, yeah, I just wanted to interject to reference that we missed that. It was good. So we uh, wind up finishing the collecting each of the petals that we assemble into like just the flower that we had to where we beat the totem Pokemon. We and get our Ferium Z. Frames it for you, I think, and gives you the flower. Yeah, yeah. You get your frame thing. You get your fairy dance. You get your fairy crystal, and you're on your way. What's the description of the framed rainbow flower in the inventory? Uh, let me just stop talking like, to someone. We've still got that, right? Big key items. I think you do. Rainbow flower. A flower made of petals you received from captains. It's proof that your growth has been recognized by them. Okay, cool. so it's just like... It's essentially Jim Benkis? Yeah, I guess. If I remember correctly, looking at it, it reminded me of um, the Rainbow, rainbow Bat. Thank you, Travis. From rainbow. Erica's gem and Gen 4. So Gen 1. She's the fourth gem. I don't know why I said Gen 4. Yeah, so what happens once we uh, start leaving the fishing village? Uh, as we're leaving, we encounter the Kahuna for Pony Island, who, if you don't remember, is Hapu. What? Yeah, it's really weird. She's still the Kahuna. So then we do need to still battle the Kahuna so we can get that last stamp in our book, which will let us go do the final battle against all the Kahunas, according to Alola tradition. So we all battle Hapu. How'd that go for you guys? I have a half-water team, pretty easily. I had a Venusaur, and it just drank every single one of her Pokemon. I had a Mimikyu. Which meant? I just use Mimikyu. It's a strong Pokemon. Okay. You say it. Like, it's like a thing, though. Like, I had Mimikyu. I had a type advantage. I didn't have a type advantage. No, we just had things on fire, and her entire team was physical attackers. Yeah, that was silly. Victory Road felt really short. Compared to the last game, it was significantly longer. In general, it was compared to... Every other game, it's still short. Oh, I guess yeah. it's because it's like kind of paired with the Vast Pony Canyon in the way it's supposed to feel. Is there even a Victory Road in Kalos? Oh, there is. It's just forgettable. Yeah. It's just like some heat wars and stuff. Yeah. 
super forgettable. Um, the Victory Road, what else? Uh, Gladion is a glad lad with no dad. That's right. Yeah, you when you walk up, like Gladion actually starts smiling and seeming happy. He smiles a lot more in this game. And yeah. It's kind of uh, a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's not just kind of. It's, it's a good thing. It's just yeah. kind of unsettling based on what we know from the previous game and how we're expecting it. Yeah, well, he's a sad boy. Like his life kind of sucks. Yeah, so um, you get a cool fight with him. He lets you carry on with your journey. And then as you're climbing up the Victory Road mountain land, you run into Necrozma in a giant crater. So, um, what'd you guys do? So, uh, I finished Victory Road, went into my PC, grabbed one of my many available synchronizers, and soft reset it until I got into Necrozma with good IVs and taught it in a luxury ball. Uh, I pulled a lily and yelled, Monster Body! I just threw a Master Ball at it and put it in my PC where it will stay forever. Why'd you waste the Master Ball on it? What else am I gonna put it in the Master, what else am I gonna put the Master Ball It's in? got a catch rate of like 80%. I don't know that. I don't care enough. Yeah, uh, I walked out and my first reaction was, oh no. And then like I just kinda walked around the perimeter and then I found that I could just skip it. Yeah. And I said, not today. And still haven't been back. Yeah, it uh, doesn't. Does Colrus walk up right afterwards? Yeah, after you catch it, Colrus walks up and he's like, hey, look at this. I invented a thing. It lets you combine a lion with that thing you just caught. And also I invented another thing. It lets you combine that giant bat monster with that thing you just caught. These are Colrus inventions number 10,998 and 10,999. Are they, um, just like the splicers that are used for curing? More or less. Pretty much. I think he based them off of that because he mentioned, yeah, I have some experience with uh, splicing technology. That's Hmm. all he says. And it's like, oh. Well, no, he's like, the Aether Foundation gave me this tech, and I made it better because I'm Colrus and that's what I do. I believe you. It's been a while since I've seen that cutscene, so. But yeah, Colrus, uh. Colorus has a very different vibe to his character in this game than he's in Black and White. But. Yeah. Uh, Elite Four time, right? Yeah, we get to the Elite Four. And, uh. Well, first we finally have access to the move reminder. Did anyone take him up on that? No. Nope. Yeah, I didn't bother. Oh, you didn't even bother to get your Shadow Bone? No, I forgot. That you've been complaining about forever? Yeah, I forgot. Uh, so I took Necrozma and combined it with a Lunala that I conveniently had in my PC. Conveniently imported. Conveniently imported. So I guess my team had half of an imported Pokemon on it. So you're kind of a cheater. I'm half of a cheater. Um, the Elite Four's a little different this time. Um, instead of Hala, who's gonna Hala, Hala, Hala at you and make you Hala. A Hala Batgirl. Yeah, he's a Hala Batgirl. Yeah, instead of Hala, this time we get an Elite Four that is half weak against Earthquake. Uh, Malone. We get Malone. Um, as his replacement. Um, the Steel type, uncle of, uh. Sophocles. And best buddy of Kukui. And friend to the Mask Royal. And he has really weird hair. Like, mm. I didn't notice it until Those I saw Those are his him. five definable characteristics. Like, I didn't notice how weird his hair is until I saw it in battle. And, like, the camera did the whole zoomy thing all over the place. And it zoomed in on, like, the back of his head. But, man, his hair is, like, freaky looking. His, uh, thir- his uh, hidden sixth characteristic is bolo tie. <laughs> yeah, that one you have to unlock by looking at him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, all these battles are incredibly easy. Yeah, um, yeah, not really problems problem to say about it. Yeah, Kahili returning, whose character still got no ex, like no expansion. We are all disappointed about that. You got. I don't know if we talked about it before, but like at least I was low key hoping that she was related to Guzma, like hair color wise. Guzma's old host has the golf club. She golfs. Um, like, there's a decent amount of, like, theory to, like, that, too, because, like, they both do the squat thing yeah. during battles, and, like, Guzma has a bunch of second-place trophies, and his, like, second- and third-place trophies, and, like, his father considered those to not be successful achievements, and so something's got to be setting a bar higher than that, hypothetically. Healy is actually older than Guzma, so he would have been her older sister, she would have been his older sister, um... 
Like, so. There's a lot of stuff to make it possible, but they still haven't addressed it, and I was hoping that they would. Yeah, also, Ilma has a lot of first place trophies. Yeah, he's also, like, probably somewhere between the area of, like, six and ten years younger than Guzma, though. Who, like, can... Again, I don't remember if it was one of the mangas that confirmed it, but, like, there was actually a confirmation that Guzma's, like, 19, 20, something like that, which was, like, a guess we all had based off of a few things, like, said, such as, like, the his emphasis on referring to other adults as adults. Is it really a thing you do unless you are, like, fresh into adulthood or a child yourself? But I think the fact that Guzmo is just super tall and, like, has bags under his eyes makes him look like an older character to a lot of people. And the white hair. Yeah, but that's just kind of like... Platinum blonde. Yeah, anime BS. Um, But, yeah. So you go... You go all the way up to... um, Who's all who's all the, the members? You got Malone, you beat Post Malone, Olivia. Uh, you got Olivia, um, and she does the hip thing. She does the hip thing. Um, and that was the only one I still had trouble with, actually. With Olivia, because yeah. she has so many sturdy Pokemon. I still had yeah. a little bit of trouble with Acerol. No, I had trouble with Malone. We did. His by sharp. That's fair. My entire team is ghosts. Why Sharp is very fast and has crunch. Malone's team was mostly just swept by Tyranitar using Earthquake. It has some dark move. I don't remember what it It doesn't was. even have Jaws, so I'm pretty sure it was Night Slash. But that's just hyper. Yeah. I burned through a lot of revives after Malone's battle. That's yeah, it. I used a couple after Olivia's. Um, and then we've got Acerola again. I think I used two full restores the entire time. My team was fairly balanced. Mm-hmm. And the Lola Knock. And a lone mug. And a lone mug. Um, yeah, the other battles aren't really changed much, if at all, until you get. To- I actually want to make a quick interjection here. How does that uh the the bird the toucan toucanon? How does that burn beak thing work? So it's focus punch, but during the focus punch air, uh, part of it, but um, you can't interrupt if you, it. If you yeah, if you hit it, you burn yourself, and then it hits you. It will always go last, which is like it's a downfall. But it gets priority burn too. Yeah, that move seems you busted. If, if, if you it was on a good Pokemon, it'd be busted. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that you're probably just gonna switch to something that will use like Thunderbolt on it. No, I feel like if that was like on a Talonflame, or like that'd be pretty sick. Or anything bulkier, even Moltres. This is a good Pokemon. No, like in a vacuum, that move always seemed busted to me. Yeah, I don't know what its base power is though. Uh, like what's the move called? Beat Blast. Beat Blast. According to CRB, it has base power 100 and 100 accuracy. That's an Earthquake. Flying type directed Earthquake, so. Flying type always goes last Earthquake with the priority burn. Yeah, it's pretty okay. Maybe priority burn. What's the priority on the charge up, do we know? Um... Uh, it lists three. speed priority minus three, but it says that it moves first in turn to charge. So I guess it's probably got like a plus six for the in- initiation. Yeah. And I'm assuming it might be like a plus five, so it goes before protect. Unless protect is a plus six, protect's plus five. I think protect's like plus three. Is it? Uh, let's check focus punch priority. That probably is, yeah, fair. Because really, it's, what it is, is a focus punch. Is focus punch based on hundred? I think Focus Punch is 150, but it gets interrupted. Yeah, it can't be. Yeah, 150. Yeah, that makes sense. I can't find where the like charge on it is. Yeah, it just says that it does it first. Which, yeah, is helpful, but that's it's whatever. It's what it is. But the actual attack happens. This seems like it'd be a good attack on like a really good Pokemon, but like nice is you can being not good. I'm yelling into this entire sentence. Toucan being not that great. Um, yeah, it looks like it take place at the equivalence of plus six, but plus five is helping him, which is the naturally highest. Plus, then plus seven would be switching out or using items. No, I think... Oh, no, so... So, actually, the scale would go like plus five helping hand, plus six probably... 
Because this would have to take place, like, um, because Pursuit is higher than switching out. Yeah. But only if they switch out. Yeah. So, like, maybe it's plus nine? No, because it would, it would happen bef- after switching out. Right? Yeah. It would have to happen so after. So the absolute switch weirdest out. thing would be, uh, Pokemon using Pursuit while another thing switches out, and then Pokemon uses Beat Blast, and you'd have to see how the dialogue happens, but... That's not really relevant, I guess. It's just no, an interesting like thing to think about. Yeah, discussion. Um, so then we get to head up over to the big chair. So we get to head up to the big chair, and Kukui's all like, there's one more person you got to battle. And of course, they're, they're head-faking here. And it's me. Uh, but just kidding. It's actually this kid over here, How, who is also your rival. Do you remember, do you remember Gen 1, guys? Hey guys, do you remember Gen 1 when your rival was the champion? This time you're the rival. I mean, that was like the entire idea behind this. Yeah. That's pretty good though. But yeah. And how says you're his hero? I bet he does. I wasn't paying attention. No, by the it end of the game, time. I actually liked Hal way better. Yeah. They gave him more character depth. They made him overcome like his attitude problems. Um, and he still likes to gorge himself on Malasadas. Yeah. Maybe this time, though, he'll split one at the end instead of just offering in the whole bag that freaking monster. Well, no, you see, the, the Wick found the solution. She's like, here, I got a big Malasada for each of you, and also you can have Type Null main character person. How? You only get the Malasada. It's a consolation prize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you both get the consolation prize. I heard you didn't split them last time. <laughs> so no Pokemon I'll for you. I'll split the Type Null with you. <laughs> Oh, God. It's like King Solomon. King <laughs> yeah, cut the baby in half. Oh. You can have the mat. I'll take the top part. Referencing the John Mulaney. Right? No, I know you are. Yeah. Like, you're a father now. You don't want him to cut the baby in half. Ah, you must be the father. No, I just don't want him to cut the baby in half. <laughs> King Solomon was very wise. King Solomon was pretty mad, man. Yeah. Yeah, so you beat how? Fight with how goes as most fights with how do go. Yeah, you try and knock out all of his Pokemon. Even if it's your teammate, you try to knock out all of his Pokemon. Yeah, it's it's just conditioned at this point. It's like a Pavlonian response to seeing Hal on the screen. Pavlonian. I don't care. (laughs) Who's Pavlon? (laughs) So we beat Hal. I'm really glad just that. And then uh. The credits roll. And we finally get the one thing I've been wanting on this game. There's no dialogue. But in the, in the credit roll, you see Guzma and Plumeria walk out together and stand in front of Team Skull members. And Guzma turns around and he's got the red X on his back. And all, all the Team Skull members are like, <gasps> and Plumeria's doing like hand motions to so that you know that she is gesticulating and talking. Um, to tell them Guzma's disbanding Team Skull. And they all run out of the room. And Guzma kind of gives them a sigh. And then they all run back into the room wearing just punk outfits. And then all do the Team Skull thing. And then, like, Plumeria just kind of gives them a smile. And Guzma just kind of is like, oh, He's got his back turned to him still. Yeah. Probably trying not to cry. He, I, he's crying. I guarantee he's crying. Really. Like, the second that camera cuts, that boy cries. Um, and then... Uh, that's really the only thing I really remember out of the credits that I that stood out to me. To be honest, there's a couple of other like changes. Like oh, um, sure. in the first game, there's a party on uh, melee melee mm-hmm. that has like everyone doing like the Z dance, and then in the background there's Nanu. Yeah, they the the R. Yeah, but this game it's Mina in the background doing the fairy thing, which yeah. is weird because I'm pretty sure Mina was part of. The foreground in the last game? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not super sure. It was just kind of weird. Uh, a couple of little changes here and there. We see, like, a cutscene with Zygarde in it, letting you know that, yeah, he's still in the game. Um, he's a wild one around. Yep, Zygarde's post-game in this one, apparently. Correctly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to finish the Totem Sickness first. I've only got, like, 12 left. I'm not even the bother, so I'm here. I really want the Totem Kamoa. That seems cool. He's already big. He's a big boy, but Kamoa is just like, I don't know. I have this weird distaste for fighting types in general. Because like, they beat up dark Pokemon. Yeah. That's actually not the reason why. I mean, no, like, that's, like, that's like, I like some reason. dark Pokemon, but, like, 
I don't know. We know you like Umbreon. We know that you spent your entire playthrough riding on Alolan Buff's back as he carried you. Um, uh, we know that you like Alolan Persian. You like your Beepus. Uh, Beepus. Thank you. Whatever. Beepus. We like. <laughs> we know you like. Hello, your- this is my son Beepus. Yeah, because that's so much better than "Hello, this is my son, Beppis." Beppis sounds better. <laughs> they sound just as bad as one another. But yes, uh, altogether, I do like dark types, but I don't think the reason I, I don't know just fighting types in general don't really appeal to me. The fighting types that I like are the ones that don't look like fighting types. You know what I mean? Like so like Heracross, Beware, uh, Breloom, Chestnut. Like I love those Watch Pokemon. Out. No, Machamp I do actually hold some affection for, but I think that's out of nostalgia more than anything else. It's because it's the first rare card you get in the Pokemon TCG. Uh, the video game? No. If you started the Pokemon TCG back in the day, you got the starter kit from your parents for Christmas. Yeah. And the oh. rare in that had the Pokemon oh, Machamp. Machamp. Yeah. That's why everybody had a million. Yeah. Oh, Machamp is like the OG. Like, that's what you start with. Yeah. Ah, okay. No, uh, I didn't actually get any Pokemon cards until... Uh, way later. Uh, That's why when they came out with the e-reader and the Pokemon cards that read on the e-reader, it came packed in with Machamp and the rest of his line. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. I like that. That's the thing I just learned. Yeah. The Um, e-reader was a cool thing. I wish they would do something like that. And they kind of have with the QR codes. I wish they'd expand upon it. Um, I think that would be an interesting thing to do is like... Uh, amiibo, like they have amiibo cards already, and like some in some way making collectible Pokemon amiibo cards, but that also seems like that's a weird slippery slope. And uh, I'm sure that would also affect like flexibility and dexterity of the card. Yeah, but I don't know if I would make them like playable in the TCG. I think I would just make like you, know, you could definitely have it with like a QR code or something so that it gets read by like your Switch or your system, or your 3DS. It's an idea. Um. I'd like a cool missing no card with like the QR code. Oh, inside of it? That's a cool yeah. idea. Um, for whatever reason, when you said missing no, it reminded me uh, earlier of my thought process that like when you're in the ruins in the hypothetical Rome uh, region, like unknown being everywhere would be cool. Just like as like a, a basic stick. Anyways, that doesn't really matter. So, uh, final thoughts on the main storyline. How do you guys feel about it? I enjoyed it. I thought it wrapped itself up decently well. From my perspective, the pacing was way better. Downside, content seemed to be lacking. Like there was a lot of improvements in for some characters, but for the most part, most of the characters seemed like they changed them in a way that wasn't necessarily for the better. I'm talking like Lana, Lusamine, um, yeah. some of the other trial captains. It was really only Lana and Lusamine that I noticed any major changes in that I didn't like. How Gladian on the other hand became better. Characters. Yeah, characters like. Gladian and let's see who else. How? Nanu. Gladian, Gladian, how? Nanu. Um, yeah, Nanu got exceptionally better. Then there were like some weird shifts that I don't know if I really like the direction, like with Mina. Um, I'm just kind of neutral on it because Mina didn't have honestly much character before. No, but like Mina still had like at least like not much character, but there was a section of growth where she kind of accepts that she has a duty to fill. Yeah. Like, just nihilistic acceptance of fact, more or less. I, I don't think it's quite nihilistic. Yeah. Uh, it's more like she just didn't think she really should have done anything. It's like apathy turning into acceptance. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's like, there was a lot of switches and changes. Um, the overall narrative of, like, Ultra Space and why, like, and how, like, Luzumin interacted with it. I feel like they cut a lot, and they added it in weird places, and it felt like I... There's a lot of positives and negatives to this game, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's necessarily better. Um, if I were to pick one to play through for the story, I would pick the originals. Same. If I would pick one to play through for the gameplay, I'd pick the Ultra versions. Like, just the Ultra versions have more Pokemon, there's more stuff to it, and I like that. Um, it's going to be the game that if you're going to be doing, you know, your uh, Nuzlocke run-throughs and stuff like that of it, you're going to want to choose Ultra 7 and Ultra movies about much. It's still probably the definitive version. Yeah, definitely. Sure. I feel like I'd honestly rather just play through the Ultra versions in either case. Really? Yeah, but also I had a much slower playthrough, like, in terms of how long it took me. Yeah, we know. 
<laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah, overall, like, I like the games. Um, do I still think they're worth buying? Yes. But. Now it's interesting. Um, the one thing I wanted to comment on real quick is, so uh, I decided to go back and check on Team Skull, because you have to, uh, post-game. And if you go back, you can get your Skull Tank and um, see that a lot of the Motown has been uh, abandoned, more or less, actually. And then I was like, okay, that's weird. Um, nobody's really hanging out here. So then I go back to the Oasis outside of Tapu Village, right? And looking there... Uh, Guzma is squatting outside of Tumeria's, um... Trailer? Yeah, her, her trailer, park trailer, or whatever. And, uh, he's saying, like, Tumeria's really getting pumped. She's gonna do the trial challenge and stuff like that, and get really into, like, training and stuff like that, and I'm gonna help her out. And, like, they actually gave them interaction, which is nice, and, like... Not only interaction so much as, like, they address each other outside of that one cutscene. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Oro was just kind of... They're never really on screen together before that. Yeah. And that was, like, a big problem, and I appreciate that. And we're not... We are going to do something about the rainbow... Like, we'll have a conversation about the Rainbow Rocket stuff after all of us have finished it. But, um... We haven't really... I, I just barely started that. I know Brandon may have started it. Um, but I hope there's more to do with... I know there's more to do with Guzma. Like, that's a given. I hope there's a little bit more to do with Mary as well. But... Overall, it seems like a pretty quality game. Yeah, I suppose that pretty much wraps up our discussion then. Yeah. So. Um, next time we'll probably be covering up through some of the post game stuff. Post game stuff, at least it, like talk about the battle tree a little bit. I'm sure. We'll see you next time, and if you want to know when that next time is, you can follow us on YouTube at Lake of Rage Radio. Hit um, the little bell thing. Like, not trying to be those guys, but. Since our upload schedule is so erratic, it's probably better if you actually want to hear what we have to say. We can also be found on iTunes and on Stitcher. Yep, and some of your other favorite podcast apps. And we're also on SoundCloud, and we're going to be Lake of Rage Radio on every single one of those. Yeah, with that said, uh, bye. Later.